The first reading can be found on page 782 of the Church Bible, 782, chapter 23 of the book of Jeremiah. Woe to the shepherds who are destroying and scattering the sheep of my pasture, declares the Lord. Therefore, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says to the shepherds who tend my people. Because you have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not bestowed care on them, I will bestow punishment on you for the evil you have done, declares the Lord. I myself will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I have driven them and will bring them back to their pasture where they will be fruitful and increase in number. I will place shepherds over them who will tend them and they will no longer be afraid or terrified, nor will any be missing, declares the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. The second reading can be found on page 1117 in the Church Bible. <clears throat> page 1117 it is taken from Acts chapter 20 verses 17 to 36 <clears throat> from Miletus Paul sent to Ephesus for the elders of the church when they arrived he said to them you know how I lived with the whole time I was with you. From the first day I came into the province of Asia. I served the Lord with great humility and with tears and in the midst of severe testing by the plots of my Jewish op opponents. <clears throat> you know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you but have taught you publicly and from house to house. I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city in the Holy Spirit, warns me that prison and hand hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Now I know that none of you among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. Therefore I declare to you today that I am innocent of the blood of any of you. For I have not hesitated to proclaim you the whole will of God. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, 
Savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. Now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. You yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions in everything I did. I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. When Paul had finished speaking, he knelt down with all of them and prayed. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning, everyone. I hope you've all enjoyed your extra hour in bed this morning. Thank you to Janet and Pat for reading that. Perhaps it might be good if you could keep your Bibles opened at page 1117, Acts chapter 20, which is what we're particularly looking at today. I don't know if you read, there was a recent survey recently um, which talked about famous last words. And the one that won was something that comedian Spike Milliken said and which he had on his epitaph. I told you I was ill. And today we're looking at the last words that Paul said to the leaders of the church of Ephesus. If you look at verse 31, he said, Remember that for three years I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. This is the longest Paul had been with any church for three years. So he was particularly close. It must have meant an awful lot to him. And he's now saying his final farewell as he's on his way to Jerusalem. And he doesn't expect to see any of them again. He said, keep watch in verse 28. And that's what the sermon today is entitled, Keep Watch. We're going to look at three different things um, where we need to keep watch as well. So let's just pray. Lord, as we look at these words of Paul, may we listen to what you want to say to each one of us through them. Help us to keep our spiritual eyes and ears open to you. Amen. So these leaders at Ephesus had traveled a long way to come and see Paul. What was one of the most important things he wanted to say to them? Firstly, I think it was in verse 24, when he reminds them that he wanted to finish the race, complete the task, that the Lord Jesus had given him the task of testifying 
to the gospel of God's grace. That's what was most important to God. That was his task. He wanted to testify to God's grace. No matter what hardships he endured, this was, he wanted to proclaim the good news of God, of the gospel of our Lord Jesus. And he even compared this goal in life to being an athlete completing a race. Now, I don't know how many of you went to watch the Great South Run last week. I know there were a couple at least here who took part in it. I've never done it, but I'm sure the most important thing was to get to the end of that race. Don't know, for some it might have been to get the best time possible. I know some people did it really well. Um, but it was a feeling, I'm sure, of accomplishment, um, achieving what you've trained for. The race Paul was talking about here wasn't just for an hour and a half or two or whatever on a Sunday morning, but for the rest of his life, he was focused on the task that God gave him. And that task was to preach repentance from sins and return and turn to God and have faith in the Lord Jesus, as it tells us in verse 24, uh, 20, earlier on in, in the chapter. Verse 21, I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. Now I'm sure we all know what repentance is. We've already said this morning that we repent of our sins. Um, and sometimes we just assume that it's saying sorry to God for the wrong things we've done. But in the Bible, it does mean more than just saying sorry. And I like the definition that says, it's a change of mind that results in a change of action. Repentance actually leads us on to changing our ways and acting more like Jesus. And then following on, we put our faith in the Lord Jesus. Now we, if we call ourselves Christians, we've already done that. We've already said and repented of our sins and we've put our faith in the Lord Jesus. But I know, and I'm sure my husband will happily tell you that it's an ongoing process for me, and I'm hoping it is for you too, that day by day, we still need to repent um, of certain traits and attitudes that we have in us, um, to want to become more like Jesus, to be sanctified is definitely an ongoing process. And what about this faith in Jesus? Maybe some of you know that we're celebrating 500 years of the Reformation of when Martin Luther rediscovered that faith that which is important for our salvation. Um, in, in Romans chapter 5, he talks about that, having that faith through which we are justified. And he also um, reminds us that it's the faith in Jesus that's important. And faith to me is a bit like a muscle in our bodies. We have to keep using it for it to grow in strength. 
In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And those who are going through times of bereavement will, I'm sure, hold on to that. That faith is what we are sure of what we hope for and certain, even though we don't see heaven, we know it's there. We have that faith. And in Ephesians, Paul tells us, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. I love the bit in the Bible where um, a man brought his young boy to Jesus to be healed. And he said, I believe, help my unbelief. And I think sometimes we need to really be truthful to God and say, I believe. Help my unbelief. Help me to have more faith. Ask for more faith from God. It's a gift from God. So Paul focused his life on that. What do we focus our lives on? Is it to earn as much money as possible? To have a wonderful career? Is it to be as happy as you can be? And is it to live to be 100? I was visiting Irene Shergold, who reminded me she's 98 on her next birthday. Or is it like Paul to complete the task God has given each one of us, even though there may be hardships ahead, as Paul mentions? So keep watch over what we focus our lives on. And the second keep watch, verse 28, keep watch over yourselves and all the flock which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. You see, Paul expected that the church at Ephesus would be led astray from their Christian faith by savage wolves, he talks about in the next verse. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. In fact, he goes on and he says, and not even led astray by those amongst you, but, but from outsiders, but by people within the fold. Even from your own number, he says in verse 30, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. And that even happened in Jeremiah's day, we heard in our Old Testament reading. People were being led astray from God's true ways. And I just want to thank God for the leadership we have here at St. Jude's. For people, leaders who are going to keep us focused on what is true, what is biblical. And um, I believe that we must be really thankful for them and pray for our leaders. A few months ago, we were up in Scotland and we were coming back down in the car. And, you know, we have done that journey countless times 
up and down the motorway. You come down the M6, you turn off onto the M42, you go round Birmingham, you go onto the M40, then you come off and down onto the A34, etc., etc. But actually, we were talking so much, we missed our turn off onto the M42. And we were on away in the outside lane and we should have been on the inside. I don't know how we did it. And we didn't use our sat-nav. We hadn't looked at the atlas to check our route because we were so sure we knew our route and yet we went astray. And I think sometimes that's true of us in our Christian lives. We think we know what God says but we don't actually use our Bibles to read through and to find out what God says, to find out his way. In verse 32, Paul says, I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance, an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. The Bible Society have designated today as a special Sunday when we celebrate having our Bibles and many churches up and down throughout the land are having Bible Sunday today to give thanks for God's words and we too can give thanks. Simon Ponsonby in uh, one of his recent books, Different, Living the Holy Life, writes about two important things that we as Christians should pay attention to, our creeds and our deeds. Unless we are rock solid on what we believe, we will let go of things in how we behave. And he says, I quote, with both our personal behavior and our religious belief, we must keep recalibrating and repositioning ourselves according to Christ and his word. And further on, have we entertained and inculcated a teaching or thinking that is contrary to scripture? Have we allowed culture more than scripture to frame our thinking on theological or ethical and moral issues? So let's keep watch on what we believe. Let's read those Bibles, find out God's ways. And thirdly and lastly, keep watch over what we do. In verses 34 to 35, Paul talks about how he worked hard to supply his own needs, the needs of his companions. And with this hard work, we can help the weak. And then comes this golden nugget that Jesus is reported to have said, um, and it isn't recorded anywhere else in the Gospels. It is more blessed to give than to receive. You see, each one of us have been blessed. We have many blessings we have countless blessings day by day that we just take for granted. And yet we have been blessed. And Jesus is telling us it is more blessed to, be, to give than to receive those blessings. 
I think we often in church think the only way we give is to give money. Does it seem like sometimes they're always asking for money? <laughs> I think the church, the church treasurer would be pleased if I say, yeah, we need more money. <laughs> but actually, there's so many other ways that we can give. I think one of the main ways we can give is our time to love and to support one another here in our own church family. How good it is to show love in countless ways. Um, and I appreciate that some people are really busy. Time is precious. Ask God how to use that time, how you can really bless others through a good use of your time. So remember those nine words, nine words of Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Watch, keep watch over what we do. So what is God saying to each one of us? Do we need to refocus what we're doing in our life? Do we need to keep watch and have that goal, the end of the race? What is our focus in our life? Do we need to repent, to really turn around, to be prepared to turn away from something that we know is displeasing to God? Do we need to increase our faith? Do we need to watch, keep watch on what we believe the Bible is saying and what God is saying and not to be led astray? Do we need to keep watch on how to treat others? Let us pray. Father, we thank you for these words in your scripture. We thank you for the gift of your Bible to each one of us. May we read it, may we ponder it, may you help us with the difficult parts to help us live a more Christian-worthy life for Jesus. Amen.